0: I can't believe it. It's that wonderful time of year again. Yes, it's the magic of romance. It's the day devoted to love. Of course, I'm talking about Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Oh, excuse me. I just made myself sick. I'll be right back. Welcome everybody again to Donna Shannon's Coyote Tales. I am Donna Shannon, and these are my coyote tales. So, I uh, know you haven't heard from me for a while, and you're thinking maybe Donna is dead. Well, I almost died, uh, it was life-threatening, I'll put it that way, and no, it wasn't COVID. mm nope. I had to do this in the most interesting way possible. What? Yeah, so back in mid-January, I uh, got to enjoy another anaphylactic allergic reaction. So how the hell did this come about? Well, my New Year's resolution was I was going to try new things. My husband's always teasing me about, hey, Donna, you never try new stuff. You always just do the things you like over and over and over again. So I was doing that, and then I also decided... I'm going to do more tea, like hot tea, instead of coffee, and things like that. And I decided to try a brand new type of tea that I had never had before. This stuff is like roibos or rubos or right? whatever. It's red tea, is what it is. And I'd never tried it before. And uh, so, yeah, I'm at my office. And this is like the middle of January and I let it steep for a good long time. And then I drink it and what's worse is it tasted like ass. It wasn't even any good, but it was also mixed with like vanilla and cinnamon and ass. So I assume the ass part was the red tea, but yeah, after a few minutes, I'm starting to feel a little funny. Oh my God. I'm like really lightheaded. And my tongue is swelling up and my throat is starting to close off and I'm breaking out in hives. And I'm like, oh my God, I think I'm allergic to this stuff. So, thank God I have an EpiPen. So, you know, like the thing that uh, all the parents with the kids who are allergic to peanuts have to carry around everywhere. Yes, I do have one of those because I've had allergic reactions before that put me in the hospital but uh, of course the first thing I do is I call my husband I'm like I think I'm having this reaction to tea but I sounded more like this I think I'm having a reaction to the tea because I couldn't speak normally because my tongue was all swollen up and so he's like well take your EpiPen and go home and I'll see you there and I'm like all right So by the way, if you're having a massive allergic reaction to the point where you cannot breathe, do not drive. It is not a good idea because at any point where this chain reaction is going, you could actually pass out and cause massive accidents and just kind of like, you know, keel over and die. It's not a good idea. And what's really dumb is I was driving by a standalone emergency room on my way home. I'm like going, I wonder if I should just pull in there and just walk in and say, hello, I'm having an allergic reaction. Will you please help me? But no, of course not. I'm not going to do that. And I get home and Ryan's there and he's like looking at me and he goes, did you do the shot yet? I'm like, no, because it's the first time I've ever had to administer it to myself. And I'm scared shitless because the last time that this happened a year ago with something else I didn't do the same allergen but uh, they jab that thing hard right into your thigh and it fucking hurt and I'm a chicken and I didn't want to do it to myself because I didn't want it to hurt so I had to have Ryan there as moral support to help me get over it decide it was not worth dying over because I was scared of a little pain and just slam it into my thigh and then you got to do this too when you use an EpiPen, you got to slam it in and then you got to leave it in for like 10 seconds which is like a really long time when you feel this crap just hit you and it just goes everywhere right because it's got to distribute through your body so you don't fucking die and of course I took a bunch of Benadryl because I knew they'd do that one. Double dose, down, double down on the Benadryl. And then the next thing it says on the Impey Pen because it has three clear instructions for idiots. So it's meant to be as clear as possible so that if you're like keeling over and some stranger has to do this, or if you're so mentally confused because that's part of what comes with an anaphylactic reaction is you get lightheaded and confused and all the rest of this. So it says very clearly, step one, take the EpiPen out of its case. All right, I did that. Step two, jab this thing into your thigh and hold it there for 10 seconds. I did that. And then step number three is go seek medical attention. And the reason why is even if you take your EpiPen and you've done your Benadryl, reactions can kick back up. It's a little bit weird, but that's how it goes. And uh, so... I was like, "All right, well, let's pack up our crap and go to the emergency room." Now, remember, January twenty twenty two, we were having another massive COVID influx in the Denver metro area, so the hospitals are kind of scary places to go in the first place. And uh, I'm like, "Go in there. They get me triaged immediately because that's like an eminently life-threatening thing. People die." within 15 minutes with anaphylactic allergic reactions, right? But i already done my EpiPen. They check me out. And then they tell me to just go sit in the waiting room. And also because of COVID restrictions, Ryan's not there. He has to go sit in the car and wait. So they're like, okay, just go sit in the, you know, lobby. If you feel yourself getting worse, raise your hand and we'll come over and we'll check on you. It's like, all right, well, okay. And the emergency room is packed. And there's like so many people at the hospital. It's like they would check them in. And then there was like one guy who had like hurt his leg or something. And then they took him back for x-rays. And they brought him back out to the lobby to wait because there was no rooms back in the ER. No beds for him to sit in. It's like, great. Then there was the guy who was shuffling around with no shoes on, just wearing a blanket, and his face mask keeps falling down onto his chin like a chin diaper. And he's hacking and coughing. And it's like, oh, my God. that's This guy has the plague. Um, yeah. And uh, also, they made me sit in a wheelchair because I was dizzy and lightheaded, and they didn't want me you know, like falling. So everything's all balked up in the actual emergency room so now they're gonna put plague boy sitting next to me and i'm like oh this is not cool whatsoever and i'm just like sitting in the emergency room for over two hours and honestly i'm feeling the reaction calm down you know i can feel the tongue is swelling but it's going down all the rest of this stuff i am feeling better but then the uh homeless guy comes out from behind the gated doors of this sacred emergency room and he's followed by two security officers and a police officer and he is pissed because they are kicking him out of the emergency room because they already did the treatments on him and they're like okay well you just need to go we don't not going to do anything further for you and he's upset. He's all like wanting them to give him a hotel room or admit him in the hospital because he doesn't want to go outside into the cold. Which I you know, granted, that makes sense. It's like, um but you know, they wouldn't even call anybody to take him to a homeless shelter. They were gonna give him bus tickets, that's all. Yeah, you know, but that's the way it goes. And so this guy who's not wearing his mask whatsoever starts proclaiming to the entire waiting room uh, I am just going to go and contaminate this whole entire area if you don't take care of me. And I'm like, holy shit, I don't know what's going on here, but you know what? I think I'm done. I am so fucking done and over it When the emergency room. Because I am convinced that whatever all these people have, whether it's injury or illness or mental state is going to be far more dangerous than me going the fuck home and dealing with my allergic reaction. I'll call the doctor tomorrow, I'll deal with all that shit then, right? Besides, if it starts kicking up again, my reaction, I have a second EpiPen, I'll just do it again and then go to that lovely standalone ER room that nobody ever uses because nobody realizes what the hell it is get the fuck out of the zombie plague area which is the hospital yeah i made the rookie plague mistake by the way if you're in a zombie apocalypse don't go to the hospital cuz that's where all the fuckers dying of the zombie apocalypse go and then they die and turn into zombies it's a bad place don't do it just just in in general so that's what i did and i uh, I did walk up to like the reception people and the emergency room and I'm all like yeah I'm gonna go I'm feeling better I know what I'm looking for and the receptionist behind the glass she goes yeah well you know we observed you for two hours I guess that's what they count as observing I'd sit there and I raise my hand if I keel over dead but uh, yeah that's the level that our hospital systems are at right now because they just can't deal with your shit because they're dealing with all the COVID people right okay yep I mean, there were like nine or ten ambulances there at the hospital the same day I was. Yeah, fuck that shit. But I was watching it, and I you know, I don't always make the most intelligent healthcare decisions. But I went home, and I called the doctor the next day. Which, of course, they don't want to take your phone calls either, because they're all so busy, and it's like, ugh, oh, whatever, I'm not going to go into the healthcare system right now. But anyways, I did not die. So I do have other weird allergies that make this not so life-shocking, right? I did do a little bit of research and found out some other things. So people who have seasonal allergies are more likely to have food allergies. And I do have seasonal allergies, especially to like pine trees and things like this. And um Ever since I had my first real anaphylactic reaction last April, all my allergies have just been out of whack and way more sensitive. So, you know, here in Colorado, we have a lot of pine trees. Every spring, they do their pollen thing. So uh, as soon as that happens, I've got asthma for a month. That's the way it's going. And then every time I do any yard work and I sit under our pine trees, if the needles now touch me, my skin turns into burning hives and just, just from being touched by these pine needles that are all over our property. It's like, great, great. Didn't used to be that bad, but now it is. Um, now, also, people who have asthma are more likely to have food allergies as well. Hmm, interesting So this tea that tasted like ass, the red tea, it's all starting to make sense. But here's the ones that I have that are rare. So number one is tea tree oil. Tea tree oil is one of those things that could possibly kill me. And here's the reaction is so rare. I've had doctors go, are you sure about this? I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking sure. So what happens is if I get within six to 10 feet of somebody who's wearing tea tree oil or used it in their shampoo or their lotions or whatever, uh, it will cause massive asthma attacks immediately. I can't go anywhere near that shit. Uh, It's pretty rare that an airborne uh, allergy would have that strong of a reaction, but for me, it does. And if you don't know what tea tree oil is, it was very trendy about 10 years or so ago. To put it into, like, a lot of cosmetics and lotions and shampoos and stuff like that, you can still find it, but um, it's kind of expensive. It's from Australia. So here's the other thing, too. With the red tea, I looked it up. It's all like, oh, my God, is tea tree oil, which is from a melaleuca tree, is that related to this rooibos, whatever the fuck it is? Turns out it's not. Uh, Tea tree oil or melaleuca comes from Australia, and red tea comes from South Africa. So, different continents, you think it wouldn't matter, but my body's like, nope, fuck all this shit. I'm just gonna kill Donna as soon as I get around it. Because that's just not worth it. Yeah. So, tea tree oil. There was one time I was taking a friend of mine to a meeting, and I pick her up, and she gets in the car, and I go, Are you wearing tea tree oil? She goes, No, I don't think so. I just got out of the shower. I go, well, then your shampoo or your conditioner or something has tea tree oil in it. She goes, no, no, I can't afford anything like that. I go, bullshit, I'm seizing up. I can't breathe around you. You are wearing tea tree oil. She's like, no. I go, well, fine, don't believe me, but we're driving with all the windows down in winter because I can't breathe with you sitting next to me. And yes, I have my inhaler and I'm doing all my emergency shit. So the next week I pick her up for the meeting and she gets in the car and she looks all sheepish and she goes, you know what? I'm so sorry, you were right. I checked my shampoo and it does have tea tree oil in it. I go, I know it does, bitch. It almost killed me. Yeah, I do know when that crap is around me. So anyways, she stopped using that around me and our friendship was good. There's another one that I have that's a little bit unusual and weird, which is lilies. Yes, the flowers, beautiful, lovely lilies. The very sign of spring and Easter and rebirth and all the rest of that crap will fucking kill me too. Uh, this is another one that's rare and people don't believe me. But, uh, yes, you can remove the pollen off of a lily and then it doesn't get on you. That's true. I'm not going to go around poking lilies, of course. Uh, But there was one time I was working at this company, and they had a fresh bouquet of lilies in the boss's office. And we're meeting with a client, and these were like high net worth people, so you can't exactly tell them, "Um, you know what, I gotta leave because killer flowers on the table. And it's like, No, and then was one of those things where I'm like, maybe I'm not as allergic to lilies as I think I am. I'm just going to sit here and chill because I don't want anybody thinking I'm a wimp. Well, after an hour long meeting, I'm like, I got to get the hell out of here. Because I need to go take some Benadryl. It wasn't, I need to go take some, you know, asthma inhalers. I need my albuterol. I need to get the fuck out of here. Because I'm feeling dizzy and lightheaded and I can't breathe. Not as bad as an anaphylactic reaction, but bad enough. Yeah, just bad enough. And dumb. Just so dumb on my part. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta own up and go, yep, mm mm-hmm. I don't need to die from flowers today, but I did think I was allergic to codeine for a while because it used to cause shortness of breath. So, you know, codeine, it's the, um, painkiller ingredient and things like Vicodin and Percocet and stuff like that. Uh, but it would cause shortness of breath. But, um, now that I think back on it, that's probably because I was mis- mixing it with like bourbon and whiskey and things, so that's not <laughs> really smart. Do not chase your set with whiskey. Important life tip, it has bad <laughs> consequences. And that's not a, a me allergy thing, that's like just a good human rule to follow. Just saying. But anyways, if Ryan ever wants to get rid of me, he knows some really easy ways. So I think if he tries to give me these things for Valentine's Day, I might need to look out. Like if he walks in with a beautiful bouquet of lilies and says, Oh, honey, check out all the flowers I got for you. Oh, I made you some nice, relaxing herbal tea. Why don't you put your feet up and just... Enjoy this lovely, lovely herbal tea. No, don't ask what's in it. I checked. I checked for you, honey. It's safe. Oh, would you like lo- you know what? Let me give you a nice relaxing massage. Just lay down. I got this new lotion. Oh, it's got melaleuca in it, so don't worry. I checked it. I checked it. It's safe. And then the next thing you know, about five minutes into this massage and tea and flowers treatment, boom, I just keel over dead. And then he gets all the life insurance money. Maybe I better check my tea. All right, on to another thing that often can cause people to keel over dead. Let's talk about racism. Yeah, and uh, there's all different ways that people can die from racism, of course. We have the active racists who are acting against the people of color, but then there's also active, you know, those active racists can also be targeted as well. But anyways, I'm not a racist, but my grandparents were exceedingly racist, especially my mom's parents. Now, To give you a picture of this, they're they're an older generation. I mean, they're all dead now. But they were born in the mid-20s. Both of my grandfathers fought in World War II when they were in their 20s. Uh, We're from Texas, so there's that going on as well. But in particular, in the case of my mom's parents, uh, that kind of like took their racism to the next level while still being respectable. So they were members of the John Birch Society. Um, which is basically that more respectable version of the KKK, you know, instead of burning crosses, they would have, you know, like meetings and have coffee and cookies and then talk about all the rest of the racist things that they did. So if if you've never heard of the John Birch Society before, good for you. But, uh, here's what they are. It was founded in 1958 basically to support anti-communism and social conservatism. Uh, even today, it's still around. It's associated with alter the conservative, radical right or far right politics. So imagine that it's uh, seeing a resurgence lately. So if somebody invites you to join the John Birch Society, now you'll be able to go, oh, okay, maybe not so much. Uh, But here's the other thing. Even way back in the 50s and 60s, uh, they were famous for promoting conspiracy theories. Yeah, they did the conspiracy thing before it was cool. And uh, the most famous thing they're known for is opposing the civil rights movement. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. That's exactly the whole focus of the John Birch Society. So just saying, if people invite you to join, I don't care how good the coffee and the the cookies are, you might wanna check your politics. Anyways, uh, now I did find this one item that still mystifies me. So way back in 2019, we were selling my mom's condo and I had to go through everything that she owned at that point. And that included some boxes that she'd been carrying around so she had lived with us for, you know, like whatever, just, I don't know, these boxes never ever got unpacked. So me and my kids are going through this box and we find in there a beautiful piece of embroidery on a kitchen towel that was a little black girl, kind of like a cartoon, little black girl, eating a piece of watermelon and underneath it, it said dis am me I'm like what the fuck? Yeah. D I S am me. And I'm like, holy shit. What kind of a next level racist are you that you devote all the hours necessary to embroider a kitchen towel with every diatrobe and stereotype of black people that you can, I'm like, oh, my God, that's some next level racism right there. at least it is in my mind. Uh, I have kept that thing because number one, uh not only is it super offensive, it's just cracks me up that, yes, somebody was so committed to their racism, they spent hours on this thing. Oh, my God. Not to mention, I don't ever want it to fall into wrong hands. Uh, Just imagine if somebody found that at the thrift store. Oh, good Lord. Uh, Yeah, that's just scary. Just scary. Now, I must qualify that my parents were not racist, right? Imagine that. I don't know how that happened. But when we lived in Texas in the Dallas area, and we were part of the Episcopalian Church, uh, one of our favorite families to hang out with, really good friends of ours, was the black family in the church. Yes, there was only one. Uh, but the Joneses, and I used to love going over and hang out at their place, and uh, their youngest son was my first boyfriend. Yes, I know, I was only five or six years old, but we were quite serious. We were going to get married and everything. Yeah, he was my first kiss. I count that. yeah especially because he went on to go play football for the Air Force after that. So smart and talented. But um, yeah, and uh, so my parents weren't racist at all. No issues. And apparently there was one time my parents went out of town. So the Joneses were watching me and my sister, Karen. And my grandmother came over to check on us found out we were staying with a black family, packed up all our shit and took us over to their house because that was not going to happen in her mind. Anyways. Thanks, Grandma. So, and here's the level that it really gets to. So, years later when we moved up here to Colorado, you know, my grandmother would do the thing of, yeah, you know, before Christmas, give us kids the Sears catalog so that you go through... Yes, it's a physical catalog, Millennials. This is how we used to do it in the 70s. You know, you go through and you circle the pictures of what you want, right? So there were two things that I really wanted out of the Sears catalog. And number one was a black robot. Uh, And she wasn't going to buy it for me because it was black. And I don't mean it looked like a black person. I mean, it was the color black, it was just a remote control, boxy, stupid robot that didn't do hardly shit except maybe walk and beep. And yeah, hey, it was the 70s. That's what we had. It's not fabulous, but we may do, right? So no, she couldn't get me the robot because it was black. And that's just wrong. To the point where my, <laughs> my grandmother even asked my parents about what was wrong with me that I wanted to play with a black robot. But it got worse. The other thing I wanted out of the catalog was a ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, cause I'm like such a normal child anyways. That's gonna help me look cool. I'm already bullied every day without end, every day at school. I'm sure having a ventriloquist dummy is gonna help this get better. It doesn't, by the way, <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, Maybe in my mind, it would be like the one friend I would have that couldn't run away. Uh, Well, okay, that sounds like a serial killer. But who knows? Who knows? But there were only two styles of ventriloquist dummies in the Sears catalog. Number one is a Charlie McCarthy. Now, Charlie McCarthy is like a fucking dork in a tuxedo with a top hat and a monocle. I think he might even be a ginger. I don't know. But I sure as shit did not want to hang out with Charlie McCarthy. That is not going to raise my coolness factor in the world at all. I don't need that in my life. The other one, his name was Lester. So Lester was um, the companion to Willie Tyler who was a black comedian, and so, obviously, Lester is a black ventriloquist dummy. And I'm like, yeah, he's way cooler than Charlie McCarthy. It wasn't even a thing about race for me. It was all like, I sure as shit don't want to hang out with Charlie McCarthy. Fuck that guy. He looks like he's a member of the John Birch Society. Just, just fuck him. I want to go hang out with Lester. You know, he wears jeans, he's got a sweater, he's not in a suit. He's cool. He's got a cool dude. I like his hair. He's got an afro. Nice guy. Yeah, my grandmother was not having anything on that front. So I never got my ventriloquist dummy. But if you think about it in the long run, it's probably for the best because honestly... Does the world really need another ventriloquist comic? Probably not so much. Anyways, those are my stories about my racist grandparents and the death tea. So until next time, uh, I guess you enjoy Valentine's Day and I'll just go... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to go be sick right now.
1: Donna Shannon's Coyote Tales is a production of Coyote Visions Productions and is hosted by Donna Shannon. Nothing redundant about that. Theme music is Coyote Strut by James Nay. All other music is ethically sourced and licensed from SoundDogs.com and Epidemicsound.com. And we paid for it, I swear. We can provide receipts if necessary. All the stories you've heard are true. Only the names, events, and facts have been changed for our own amusement. In the immortal words of Obi-Wan, so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Find all of Donna Shannon's website and social media links at Linktree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot e slash Donna Shannon. Follow us and find out all about upcoming shows and live performances. Now go out there. Enjoy life and grab some tales
0: of your own.